abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me in my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness trampling every one of them beneath your feet for here is what the lord has spoken to me because you loved me delighted in me and have been loyal to my name i will greatly protect you i will answer your cry for help every time you pray and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble i will deliver you and bring you honor i will satisfy you with a full life and with all that i do for you for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me in my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation.
When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Good evening, everyone. It's so great to have you here this evening. We're glad that you're here, and if you're watching online, we just want to say welcome to you as well. We're here to be refreshed from God's presence. So, Father, we're so grateful and thankful that you are good. You're always good. And, Lord, we give you the highest praise this evening as we enter into your presence. And, Lord, we thank you that you're in our midst, ready to do great and mighty things. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
your promises to us are yes and amen. All your promises are your personal guarantee for our success. We just bless you. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Come on, lift up his name in this place. Let your problems fall by the wayside and lift up Jesus. Magnify the Lord. Oh, come and magnify the Lord with me. Let's declare his greatness. Let's celebrate his glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. We bless your holy name. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. No matter what happens in life, when we have Jesus, we win. When we have Jesus, we're going over the top. Amen. With Jesus, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Lord, we love you. We bless your name. My Jesus, my Jesus, my Savior, hallelujah. Glory to your holy name. Oh, we got to stir our hearts up. We got to stir our hearts up. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Exalt the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. We praise you. We honor you. We glorify you. Blessed be your name forevermore. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I just want to thank you for your faithfulness. You are our comfort in the storm. You are our light in the darkness. You are our victory when things come against us. And you're right here, right now, tonight, here at VCF in Palmyra, Lord. You're in other places too, but Lord, we know that you're here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that you lead us by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, you speak to us and you have our attention. Walk with me, for I'll take you on the path of life and the path of righteousness and the path of success. I love you. I created you. I've called you to myself. You and I are going to do great things together. You and I are going to overcome together. You and I are going to get the victory together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Glory to God. Dr. Fiona and Lisa and Melissa, they send their greetings to you as they're working in Guyana. 
They'll be back on Monday. So, uh, but we're glad you're here. You're in a good place. Amen. Hallelujah. I just want to let you know that uh, the youth are having their uh, uh, breakfast on this Saturday uh, from 9 to 11. So if you're 12 years and up, and if you know someone who's 12 years and up, uh, you can participate. A new generation Air Force. Glory to God. They're going to great heights. Hallelujah. And uh, praise God, we're so excited what the Lord is doing uh, in our youth group. And we're so grateful for Pastor Nelson and Nadine. They do a fantastic, wonderful, awesome job. Hallelujah. We're reaching into our schools of our community through our middle school and through two elementary schools. We bring them here during school uh, for one hour to talk about Jesus. How awesome is that? And uh, we're just so grateful and thankful. And, uh, well, it's a Wednesday night. Could anybody use some refreshing? Acts 3.19 says, Repent and turn to the Lord, and times of refreshing shall come from the presence of... I love that he says times. You can be as refreshed as often as you need it. Amen? So refreshing is flowing. Hallelujah. And if you're here, uh, you can, uh, and if you'd like to invest in the kingdom of God, you can. Uh, you guys are awesome givers, and uh, you can do that anytime during the service. You can put a container, we have a container there, and as you come in, and if you're watching online, you can do it through our website. And Father, I just speak a blessing over the givers and their gifts, Lord, and I thank you that you receive their seed and you multiply it to them, and Lord, you cause all your grace to abound toward them. And they have all sufficiency in all things so that they can abound to every good work. Bless their businesses. Bless their homes. Bless their families. Father, cause them to have dominion in this earth. To fill it, to subdue it, and to walk in the victory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we're so grateful and thankful for our volunteers that help uh, pick up our kids and teach our kids and uh, kids, you guys ready for a good service tonight? Come on, kids, are you ready? Hallelujah. All right. It's good to get excited about the things of God. There's nothing more exciting. Hallelujah. So, kids, are you ready for your class? We're going to dismiss you. Have a good one. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, as I was uh, meditating and praying for this uh, for tonight during this week, a word came to me. It's called victory. I want to talk to you tonight about how victory is mine. Amen. So I'm going to share with you some different aspects about what the Bible says about victory. God wants you to, he has given you the victory. He wants you to live a triumphant, victorious, glorious life. And uh, we know that in life, sometimes things come up or things uh, oppose us or attack us. 
But God has given us the victory over all those things. Amen? And I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And uh, we're going to look at verse uh, 54. 1 Corinthians 54, I mean 1554. And uh, we're going to begin there. And he's talking about, he said, so when this corruptible, talking about our natural body, shall have put on incorruption. Did you know that you're going to get a glorified body one day? That's going to be the full salvation that Jesus came to give us. Right now, we just have a down payment. But when we get our glorified body, so this corruption is going to put on incorruption. All right? And we're going to be just like Jesus uh, was when he was raised from the dead. And this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then it shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Death is the last enemy that God is going to get the victory over. Amen. And when he comes again, he's going to do away with death. Yes. Hallelujah. I like that death. Victory swallows up death. Yes. Glory to God. Then he says, verse 55, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But look at verse 57. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know that victory is a gift? God gives us victory. He comes and he fights for us. He comes and he helps us. He comes and he defends us. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Say, I have the victory. God gave it to me. And victory is mine. Hallelujah. Keep that in your attitude. Walk like it's true, live like it's true, speak like it's true, amen, because it is true. Hallelujah. So what do we do with the victory? Verse 58, therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast. When you know your victory, it doesn't matter what comes against you because you're going to win. Say, I, I win all the time. Say, I'm a winner. It doesn't matter what comes against you. Be steadfast, unmovable. When you know that you've been given victory, the devil can't move you. Mountains can't move you. Storms can't move you. Amen. What was Jesus doing in the storm? He was sleeping. Water was coming in the boat and Jesus was sleeping. And the apostles were entertaining fear. Jesus was entertaining Z's. Because you know what? He's, he knows that when he said something, it's going to happen. So if he said, get in the boat and go to the other side, it doesn't matter what comes up along the way. You're going to make it to the other side. I mean, the man was sleeping so soundly that they had to wake him up. The storm didn't even wake him up. The thunder, the water, the waves, they had to wake him up. See, when you walk in victory... 
You know, nothing can't stop you. Nothing can't keep you down. Hallelujah. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And I want you to look at verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. Now. Everybody say now. now. When is it a good time to give thanks to God now? now? Doesn't matter what's happening, but right now. Faith is now. Thanksgiving is now. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. How often does he cause you to triumph? Always. Is that for sure? Is that true? Always. He always causes me to triumph. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Victory comes from the Lord. When you're with him, you can't help but be victorious. Was there an enemy that could stop Jesus? No. He made a show of the enemy openly, triumphing over him in it. In the spirit realm, when he rose from the dead, he dragged that sorry Satan through the spiritual realm like a, like a king would drag his defeated foe through the streets. He made a show of him openly. He celebrated his victory. Amen? And that's what we need to do too. Hallelujah. God is on your side. Go to Psalm 20. This is a prayer for victory. If, you, if you're having trouble, guess what? You're about to get out of that trouble. God's about to move the trouble away from you or he's about to blow you through it. Hallelujah. So this is a prayer for victory. I want to read this from the Amplified. Okay? And David wrote this psalm. He said, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. God's got answers in trouble. When you're in trouble, see, you didn't invite the trouble. The trouble just showed up uninvited. It just happened. You didn't, you didn't call for it. It's just there. But in the trouble, God's a very, he's a present help in trouble. And when you're in the trouble, you can call on him and he will answer you. He'll give you answers for your trouble. You can answer your trouble with God's voice. You can answer your trouble with God's word. Okay? He said, may the name of the God of Jacob set you securely on high. How many want to be set secure? Not low, but on high. He sets you above, not beneath. You're the head, not the tail. All right, verse 2. 
May he send you help from the sanctuary. Woo! God hears your voice in trouble in his sanctuary and he sends help from the sanctuary. And it shows up immediately. You know, the angels, they don't need a passport. They can just show up. They don't need an airplane. They don't need an elevator. They just show up. They can move through molecules. Say, help's coming from the sanctuary. And support and strengthen you from Zion. God will help you, support you, and strengthen you. Okay? Verse 3. May he remember all your meal offerings and on your burnt offerings. Guess what? Your offerings make a difference. How did God know what kind of man Cornelius was? He said, I hear your prayers and I see your offerings. God looks at your offerings. All right. Verse four. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. Hallelujah. How many has got some desires and some plans? Well, you're going to need help to accomplish them. And God is the help that brings them to pass. He'll grant you. God's a grantor. He, he gives out endowments. Grace deposits. Hallelujah. Wait, go wait for the promise of my father until you be endued with power. He, endow, he endows us with power. Verse 5. We will sing joyfully over your victory. Hallelujah. Victory needs to be celebrated. Victory. Wait, oh, when, you, when you celebrate your victory, you get elevated. Celebrate to elevate. Hallelujah. And in the name of our God, will we set up our banners? You know what the banner over you? The banner over you is love. God's a banner. Jehovah Nisi. He's my banner. What's a banner? It's my victory flag. Hallelujah. When the astronaut planted the American flag on the moon, he set up a victory banner. So we made it to the moon. You can set your banner over you. Hallelujah. There used to be a song we sang, let the flag fly high on the castle of my heart. Hallelujah. That just came to me in that moment. Hallelujah. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Verse 6, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. Guess what? If you're in Christ, you're anointed. Because Christ means anointed. Say, I'm anointed. So what does he do? He saves his anointed. He delivers his anointed. He helps his anointed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. I will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. <laughs> Woo, God's right hand is his authority, his power. Amen. Verse 7. Some trust in chariots. And some in horses, but we will remember and trust in the name of the Lord our God. You got your choice. You can trust in government, you can trust in the world, or you can trust in the Lord. Yeah, there's going to be some that trust in their own physical might, some that trust in their own power, but we got to be ones that trust in the Lord. No matter what's happening in the world, no matter what's happening uh, in our country, we got to trust in the Lord. God is bigger than all this stuff. 
if there's one thing that I learned from last night is we need to get busy about kingdom business. Nothing else really matters anymore. We're, we're, in, a, we're in a stage in, in the game where we got to get serious about doing what God wants us to do. We've got to be about the Father's business no matter what. Saving the lost. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Amen? We've got to be looking for opportunities to share our testimonies, opportunities to pray for people, opportunities to bring people to church. Amen? Why? There's, there's people going to hell. Hallelujah. Verse 8. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stood up. Oh, hallelujah. What's going to happen to your enemies? They're going to bow down. What's going to happen to you? You're going to rise up. Say, it's time to rise. Arise and shine for the glory of the Lord is upon you. It's time for the church to arise. Hallelujah. Verse 9, O Lord, save. May the king answer us. In the day we call. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, go to Exodus chapter 32. I'm giving, I'm taking you a tour of the Bible of what it says about victory. Can you get, can you have too much victory? When you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, you accepted victory. That's the greatest victory overall, overcoming spiritual death. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. That's the greatest victory. Amen? He brought you out of the pit. He set your feet upon the rock. He brought you out from the dominion of sin. You talk about victory. Jesus brought you. He destroyed the dominion that sin had on you. Exodus chapter 32. And uh, this is interesting. Let's look at verse 15. We're going to read verses 15 to 18. And Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. Moses was using the tablet before iPad was ever even a thought. You know what God told Moses? He said, take two tablets and call me in the morning. <laughs> of the testimony that were in his head, and the tables were written on both their sides. On the one side and on the other were written. And the tables were the work of God. And the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people... As they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. And, he, and Moses said, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. Now, let, let me uh, give you another translation. The Amplified says, it's not the sound of victory. Did you know that victory has a sound. All right. The, the complete English version or the contemporary English version says, but Moses replied, it doesn't sound like they're shouting because they have won or lost a battle. It sounds like a wild party. 
Okay? The New Revised Standard Version says, It is not the sound made by victors, but the sound made by losers. Or, or the sound made by losers, it's the sound of the revelers that I hear. Okay? How many know that victory has a sound? The winning team is the loudest team. Amen? They're loud, they're uh, upbeat, they're joyful, and they're shouting. When you lose, you're kind of silent. You don't say a whole lot. Right? I mean, you're kind of sullen. You don't want to talk. Why? Because you lost. All right? Now, victory has a sound. Okay? What is the sound of victory? I found the sound of victory. You know what it is? It's joy. Joy is the sound of victory. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2. Victory has a sound. Hallelujah. I mean, how many have seen a winning team or a winning thing? They shout, don't they? You know, they're excited, aren't they? They, They're emotional, right? I mean, victory has a sound to it. In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2, look at this. This is powerful. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them has the light shined. And the the valley of the shadow of death is actually earth. That's another message. Verse 3, you have multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. They, They joy before the according to the joy in the harvest. The sound of victory is the sound of joy at harvest time. Woo, we're about to bring in those crops. We're about to cash in all those seeds that I've planted, all those weeds that I've pulled. Now it's harvest time. Harvest is a celebration time. Harvest is a good time. And it's like the joy at harvest time. The joy before thee according to the joy at harvest and and men... And as men rejoice when they divide the spoil, that means you fought the battle and you won, now you get paid for it. Because when you win the battle, you get the spoil. Verse 4, for you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. Hallelujah. The sound of victory is the sound of joy at harvest time. Go to, go to Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35. And verse 10. Hallelujah. It says, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return. Have you been ransomed? Yes. Yeah. Jesus came to give his life a ransom for many. Hallelujah. He came and gave his life and he ransomed us from sin. He ransomed us from the devil's control. He ransomed us. Hallelujah. They shall return quietly like a church mouse tiptoeing through the tulips. The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion. Zion is a type of the church. With songs and everlasting joy 
upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. When you're in the winner's circle, there's no sorrow or sighing. It's gone. Hallelujah. The sound of victory is the sound of joy. Hallelujah. That's good news. Amen. It's a cry of strength. Hallelujah. It's the cry of the overcomer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10. Woo, hallelujah. I'm just giving you some different things about what the Bible says about victory. Because tonight, some of you need the victory. You're in the midst of a challenge or a test, but you can be, you can go through and you can be put over. You're about to get a passing grade on that test. Hallelujah. You know, when a student does good on a test, there's relief. Amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, Joshua chapter 10 and verse 28. Now, one thing you got to know about Joshua, Joshua was a warrior. When they, when they came out of Egypt and Amalek fought against Israel, that was their first confrontation after crossing through the Red Sea. Moses told Joshua, get some people together and go fight. And Joshua didn't even think twice about it. He got some people together and he said, let's go. It's on. Right? Joshua was a warrior. He was charged with taking Israel into the promised land and dispossessing kings. He dispossessed 33 kings and he took their property because God gave it to them. How many, you got to take what God gives you. Amen. So Joshua 10, 28. And that day, Joshua took Mekeda and smote it with the edge of the sword. And the king thereof, he utterly destroyed them and all the souls that were therein. He let none remain, and he did to the king of Makeda as he did unto the king of Jericho. I want you to know, when you follow God into battle, and you use his plan to fight the battle, you can repeat your victory. He did it to one king, he did it to another king, because every time Joshua went into battle, he went before the Lord. He got the strategy of God before he ever entered into the fights. Amen? He, he, he took Jericho because he had a visitation from the angel of the Lord who was really the Lord because the Lord received worship that Joshua gave. And he told him, he said, I've given you Jericho into your hand. He said, you're going to just take the king. You're going to take the city. Amen. And oh, when you follow God's plan, you can repeat victories. Victories are repeatable. They're duplicatable. But you got to follow God's strategy. You can't just fight every battle like you fought the last one. You got to go before God. You got to get his strategy. You got to get his plan. If you're facing a challenge that you faced before, you can't fight it like you fought it before. God may tell you to do something different. Yeah. 
you know, God told Joshua, march around the city. He told, and then when he told him to take Ai, he set an ambush. He did it differently. But you got to get God's plan. Say, God's got a plan. And if you want to duplicate your victory, if you want to repeat your victory, you got to follow the right strategy. See, when God leads you to victory once, it can occur again. Hallelujah. You got to stay connected to God. You got to stay close to God. And you got to be in constant communication. Amen? And you can repeat. You can have victory after victory after victory after victory after victory. Every warrior that listened to what God said won the battle with very minimal casualties. Some didn't even lose a person. They only lost people when they disobeyed God. They only lost people when they didn't do it God's way. Amen? Hallelujah. Um, go to Second Samuel chapter 23. 2 Samuel chapter 23. And look at verse 10. This is one of David's mighty men. He had some warriors. He had 400 men that you wouldn't want to mess with. And uh, this was one of them. And in verse 10, his name was Eliezer. He was an Ahoahite. He was one of the three mighty men, this is verse 9, with David when they uh, defied the Philistines that were there gathered together, he arose. Oh, it's time to arise, folks. He arose. We need some people to arise. And he smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave or cleaved unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day and the people returned after him only to spoil. One man. He, he, see, we need some people to utilize. Listen, God is striking down our enemies. He is, and he needs some people that fight the good fight of faith. He needs some people that are relentless. That man fought with his sword so much till his hand stuck to the sword. They had literally had to pry the sword out of his hand when he was done. We got a sword, don't we? It's called the sword of the spirit. It's called part of the armor of faith. Hallelujah. And we're supposed to be wielding that sword against the enemy. We're supposed to be wielding that sword against poverty. We're supposed to be wielding that sword against trouble. We're supposed to be wielding that sword against sickness. You can chop sickness down. You can chop black down with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's a victory. Faith holds and wields its sword skillfully. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. That's Matthew eleven twelve. All right, look at verse third look at verse uh, twelve, same chapter. Here's another guy. His name is Shama. And uh, verse eleven says the Philistines were gathered together into a troop 
and there was a piece of ground full of lentils. That man loves some bean burritos. He was going to make some chili with those lentils or whatever. I don't know. And the people fled from the Philistines. Now, I want you to see this. There's a piece of ground. The Philistines come in a troop, right? So there's more than one. And the people on that ground, they are fleeing, right? But Shammah, no, he doesn't flee. Why? He knows that he's got the victory. Amen? When you know you got the victory, it, it, you have an attitude about you. But he stood. Everybody's running. He stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great victory. God just needs someone to stand and fight the good fight of faith. He just needs someone that won't back down, that won't compromise. But you're going to stand your ground and defend it no matter what. And the Lord will fight with you. God likes that kind of attitude. I'm not going to give the devil an inch. Ephesians says, don't give place to the devil. Don't give him an opening. Don't, give him, don't let his foot stuck, be stuck in the door. How many ever closed the door when if maybe someone was chasing you for fun or whatever, and you get inside a room and you're trying to close the door, and they got their foot stuck in the door? It's going to take all your strength To keep that door shut. But while their foot's in the door, they don't have to use any strength at all. And eventually, you're going to get tired of holding the door shut. And guess what? They're going to walk right in. See, this is what it's saying. Don't give place to the enemy. Because it's going to take all your strength to try to keep him out. But once once your strength is gone, he can walk right in. That's why you don't give him a place. Hallelujah. When you stand up for the Lord's cause, he stands with you to bring a victory. Victory comes when you take a stand to defend your ground and strike down your enemy. Who's greater, you or your enemy? He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. See, I've got God's greatness in me. All right. Let's go to... uh, Isaiah chapter 41. Is this helping anybody? Victory is mine. Say, victory is mine. And you just take a step of faith. You just make a decision that you're going to stand and you're going to fight and you're going to resist. The Bible tells us to resist Satan, to resist the adversary steadfast in the faith. 1 Peter 5 tells us to do that. Say, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the resistance. Why do you think God gave you his power, his authority, his name? He didn't give it to you so you could run and flee. He gave it to you so that you could stand and fight. Now, there are times to run. I mean, Paul was let down in a basket at night so they wouldn't kill him. You know, I heard it, I heard it said it's better to live and preach tomorrow than die as faith man. Did you notice that Paul didn't say, I'm a man of faith, I can take anything? No, they let him down at night in a basket. Why? Because there was a group of people that wanted to kill him. God is smarter than the enemy. God will do stuff and the enemy will wonder, what just happened? He wouldn't even know what happened. All right? Isaiah 41, verse 9. 
You whom I have taken from the end of the ends of the earth and called you from the chief men and said unto you, you are my servant. How many servants of God are here? Amen. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. Say, God chose me. All right. He chose you to be his. He chose you to be his servant. He chose you to be his child and you are his. Okay. So God's talking to a group of chosen servants. All right. What does he tell them? He says, fear not. Verse 10, fear not for I am with you. The I am is with you. Hallelujah. He's bigger than anything. No one can come against. You've got I am on your side. If it's just you and I am, that's a majority. It doesn't matter how many numbers the devil has against you. When I am is with you, it matters not. I am with you. Say, he is with me. That's why you shouldn't fear. Why? You got the spirit of God, not the spirit of fear. Be not dismayed. That means don't be frazzled. Don't go, ah, I'm freaking out. No, don't fear. Be not dismayed. Why? I am with you. I am your God. You got to call, he's personal. He is your God. He is your shield. He is your buckler. He is your defender. He is your strength. I will strengthen you. Oh, but I feel so weak. Don't worry. Don't worry, baby. I got you. I will strengthen you. How does he strengthen you? He says, be strong. Wasn't there a strong man in the Bible named Samson who the spirit of God would come on him mightily and he would do supernatural things? Guess what? The Spirit of God still comes on people. Amen? Spirit of God is still working. He's in us. He, he comes out on in, man. Who? glory to God. Yea, I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand of my righteousness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Right, verse 11. Behold, all they that were incensed against you shall be ashamed. (laughs) Everyone who's against you is going to be ashamed. God told Abraham, he said, those that bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. Your enemy better be careful what he does to you because it's going to happen to them. Haman built a gallows. He was going to hang Mordecai because Haman despised the Jews because Mordecai, who was a Jew, refused to bow to him. Every time, because Haman was promoted, he was a big shot in the kingdom of Babylon. And every time he walked into the room, everybody was bowing, except for Mordecai would, on purpose, he'd stand there. I don't bow to man, I bow to God. And, And that made Haman furious. So Haman, he took his hatred for one man and put it to a whole race of people. And he was going to destroy the Jews. And so he built these gallows just for Mordecai. But guess what? Mordecai had an I am. Esther had an I am. And 
Mordecai told Esther what was going to happen because he found out about the plan. And he says, you, you know, maybe you've been made queen for such a time as this. She said, if I go before the king and I'm not called, I'm going to die. But she said, if I perish, I perish. And she went before the king and he extended her the favor of God. He extended her the scepter. And she had an audience with the king. Guess what happened to Haman? On the gallows that he built for Mordecai, he ended up being hung on himself. And all of Haman's possessions, all of Haman's property, all of Haman's stuff belonged to Mordecai. He took possession of all of Haman's stuff. Your enemies will be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. Everybody say nothing. The enemy thinks he's something, but he's really nothing. I'll never forget the story I heard about Smith Wigglesworth. He was in a house, and he heard all this commotion downstairs. So he puts on his robe, and he gets up. It might have been Lester Summerall. I'm not sure exactly. And he gets downstairs, and the devil was in the downstairs. And he looked at him and said, oh, it's only you, and went back to sleep. Come on, somebody. That's how we need to treat the enemy. Verse 12. You shall seek them and they shall, and shall not find them, even them that contend with you. Listen, those who contend with you or come against you or war against you, they're going to be gone. You'll still be here, but they're going to be gone. <laughs> Jesus, they brought a woman caught in adultery I always thought adultery takes two but that's just me why didn't they bring why did they only bring one anyway they brought this woman caught in adultery to Jesus and they said the law says that we should stone her what do you say now Jesus was not pressured to do anything or say anything by the world he always listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit so he, got, he was writing some stuff in the sand, right? He was waiting to see what the Holy Spirit said. And then he got the word from the Holy Spirit. He said, you without sin, cast the first stone. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 rocks dropping everywhere. What happened? All the accusers of the woman disappeared. He said to the woman, woman, where are your accusers? I don't know. They just left. He said, And I don't condemn you either, but he said, go and sin no more. He made all of her opponents, all of her adversaries go away. And she got the victory. She got redemption. She got forgiveness. She got the victory. It was given to her. She she was caught up in whatever she was caught up. Victory comes to those who know God is your God and he strengthens you. Victory comes to God's chosen servant who doesn't fear. Say, I am fearless. fearless. And any time that you hear a bad report, the, the whole idea behind a bad report is to get you into fear. And once you get into fear, then the devil has access. You know, there's always a lot of discussion about Job. 
God allowed it. Did he? The Bible said Job did something out of fear. And when the enemy said he was going to accuse God, God said he's in your hand. How did he get in his hand? Because he gave in to fear. He did something out of fear, not out of faith. Amen? Don't respond in fear. Tell, you need to say what I always told Josiah. You, you have to say, fear go in Jesus' name. Everybody say, say fear, go fear go in Jesus' name. If you're, if you're, if you, if you, at the beginning of feelings of fear or being afraid or being worried, you've got to say those words. You've got to say it out loud. Why? Because the victory's in your mouth. Amen? And then notice what he says. Verse 13. For I, the Lord your God, will hold you with my right hand, saying unto you, fear not, I will help you. How many times in this passage does he have to tell us not to fear or don't be afraid or don't be dismayed? Those are all levels of fear. Amen? Did he say don't fear if you feel like it? No, it's a command. Verse 14. Fear... Fear not, you worm Jacob and you men of Israel. I will help you. Say, God's my helper. He'll help you from the sanctuary. Go to 1 John chapter 5. We're almost done. First John chapter 5 and verse 4. Hallelujah. For whatsoever is born of God. How many of you have been born of God? I heard on the radio today, I heard this phrase, you've been refathered. You've been refathered. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. God recreated you. You've been refathered. Hallelujah. Woo, that was powerful. So we're born of God, right? So he's talking to us. Whosoever, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. You were born an overcomer. The minute you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are an overcomer. You're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. You're you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. All right? And this is the victory that overcomes the world even What's those next two words? Say, my faith. Our faith. Your faith. When you believe, you're an overcomer by your faith. The woman with the issue of blood, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. The woman of the Syrophoenician woman whose daughter was vexed with the devil, Jesus said, she went from no faith to great faith. Amen? All right. Hallelujah. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Say, victory is mine. You're not going to get a a package of victory for Christmas. It's already yours. You don't have to do anything for it. It's already yours. But we got to walk in it. We got to talk in it. Amen. We got to live in it. You got to plant your feet and you got to tell the enemy, I'm not giving in. 
And you're not going to stop me, no matter what you do, because I've already won. When David arrived at the battlefield, remember, he was delivering pizza, bread and cheese. To his brothers. He had three older brothers who were soldiers in the army of Israel. And they were there. And for 40 days, they let a giant, Big Mouth, talk about God. They let that giant run his mouth and say what he wanted to say about God. And no one said anything. No one did anything. They were all paralyzed with fear. See, that's what fear does. Fear, if you're in fear, you will do nothing. And if you do nothing, nothing's going to happen. Because faith does something. Faith doesn't do nothing. And I know that's not good English, but I don't care. David was delivering bread and cheese. He was not there to fight. But he heard someone talking about his God. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Then he found out what the person gets if they defeat him. Tell me that again. I get to marry the king's daughter? I get half the kingdom, and I don't pay taxes ever. Oh, that's a fight worth getting into. How many know if you're going to get into a fight, you might as well know what the reward is? Don't get into a fight that doesn't have a reward. And now his brothers, who did nothing, they were paralyzed by fear. Now they're going to try to intimidate David to make themselves feel better. So his oldest brother, Eliab, says, who'd you leave those little sheep with? Belittling David, making him small because those guys are paralyzed with fear and his faith is embarrassing their fear. You know, when your faith embarrasses someone's fear, don't you hurt my fear. This is my fear. How dare you say that about my fear? Listen, faith will embarrass fear. David basically said, talk to the hand. He went to someone else. He said, what do I have to do with you? Now tell me again, what's a man going to get? Okay, I'll fight him. I'll fight him. And they said, he goes, it went through the camp. It got to Saul's ears. And he went before Saul. He said, oh, you're just a boy. Oh, yeah, but this boy, I took on a lion and a bear, and he, this, this big, loud big mouth is going to be just like the bear and the lion. Amen? See, you got to talk. David talked like he was a warrior. He acted like he was a warrior because he knew he had the victory. He knew that no matter how big his opponent was, it didn't matter. He had someone bigger for him. And David said, you come at me with a sword and a spear, but I come at you with the name of the Lord. I'm going to cut your head off and feed your carcass to the birds. And he did. 
He not only rocked Goliath to sleep, but he cut off his head. He made a decisive victory. Amen? No more intimidation out of that giant. You in Romans 8? This is our last verse for tonight. Look at verse 28. This is a victory verse. And we know, not everybody is convinced of this. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. Say everything works out good for me. No matter what challenges arise, I come out good. It works out good for me. You got to have that mentality. You got to have that attitude. Why? Victory is mine. Do you know that everything works out for your good? No buts, ifs, ands, or whatever. Everything works out for your good. No matter if you're standing before a valley or an ocean or a mountain or a giant or an animal, it doesn't matter. Everything works out for your good. Because you're called, you love God, and you're called according to his purpose. Verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, he called, and whom he called, he justified, and whom he justified, he also glorified. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? What's the answer? No one. Say, God is for me. And he's against my enemy. He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also freely, uh, with him freely give us all things? That ought to perk you up. God gives you all things freely. If, if someone's not going to withhold their son from the world, do you think he's going to withhold something good from you? No. He gives you all things freely. Ever say freely. freely. Hallelujah. And then... Uh, Go down to verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation or trouble? Nope. Distress? Nope. Persecution? Nope. Famine? Nope. Nakedness? Nope. Peril? Nope. Sword? No. As it is written, for your sakes we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 38, I am persuaded. You need to get persuaded. That neither death, not afraid of death, or life, or angels... Or principalities or powers, nothing of the devil should scare you or move you or concern you. Nor things present, nor things to come. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When you're in his love, you're covered. When you're in his love, you're kept. When you're in his love, you're sustained. Amen? But it's time to get the victory. 
We need some bold believers who are willing to go ahead. The victory has already been given to you, but you got to possess it. You got to walk in it. If sickness tries to come on you, you got to resist it. If the enemy tries to stop you, knock him over. You have the ability to tread on serpents and scorpions. Those are types and shadows of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. So if you're facing a trial, a test, or trouble, God's got victory for you tonight. He wants you to be victorious. He's given you victorious overcoming faith. Amen? He's shown you that nothing should move you. So if you need some victory tonight in the area of your life, in your finances, in your body, in your mind, in life, amen? Pennsylvania needs some victory. Hallelujah. They need to be redeemed. There's a lot of people that need to be redeemed in Pennsylvania. That's all I'm going to say about that. I know that there's an anointing here. Why? Because I've given you the word about victory. Amen? So if you want the victory, and if you need the victory, come and get it right now in the name of Jesus. God's going to refresh you with victory tonight. Hallelujah. He is going to cause you to overcome. 